Welcome to Always Evolving. Today, our guest is Mallory Irvin. I feel like she's already a friend, although we haven't hung out before. We have some mutual friends and colleagues and agents. And she rose to fame when she became Miss Kentucky. And she was also on The Amazing Race three times. She has a lifestyle in terms of her branding and people follow her to get tips and tricks. And uh, she has a lot of heart too. So thanks for coming on Always Evolving, Mallory. Oh my gosh. Well, um, I said off camera, what a joy you are to follow. And I already feel like we're friends too. So thank you so much for having me. I'm just I'm just so excited to get to talk to you today, Mike. I just can't say enough about you. Well, thank, what is most inspiring in your life today? Oh, man. You know, I am amidst the, the really nice intro you just gave me. I'm also a mother to two under two. And um, I'm really trying, I'm in the throes right now of running a business and one where you're trying to really share your story and enlighten and help other people. So I need to kind of keep it together upstairs, but I'm also running a household and um, I have two boys and they are just wild. <laughs> and so kind of finding the the balance between them, you know, between that and, and my work is uh, that, that's a big job, but they inspire me constantly. So it's really it's the reason that I want to power forward my message of like living your life to the fullest, because I think that's the legacy that I want to leave to them. So they inspire me constantly to get it together and yeah. uh, keep figuring it out. Well, so usually for someone to be interested in branding, living life to the fullest or getting into being inspiring, usually they take dark moments in their life and it gets flipped into inspiration or positivity. Was that the case with you? Oh, oh yes. Um, you know, I lived, I grew up in Kentucky on a farm with 23 first cousins. I was the oldest. So I had this amazing, ideal, beautiful childhood. And I slowly became a perfectionist and I, I started achieving and feeling like, you know, that was my worth. I, um, I really kind of, I, I didn't notice it being a problem though, until later in life. So I went to college, everything was good. And then, um, as you mentioned in the beginning of the podcast, I became Miss Kentucky and, um, that's where it started to kind of snowball for me. And I felt like, uh, when you achieve big goals at a really young age, it's really hard to not, you know, define yourself by them. But even more than that, it was really hard to feel like, okay, just existing and not trying to top the last thing and top the last thing and top the last thing. So I got in this crazy, crazy cycle of after Miss Kentucky, then I did Miss America. I became runner up in Miss America. Right after that, I did the amazing race. Right after that, I did another season of the amazing race. Right after that, I did these, uh, a couple travel shows. Um, when you look back at the young girl or woman back then, is anything different in terms of like all of that? Oh yeah. I, um, I didn't have my own opinions of the person that I wanted to be not only of the person that was going to do well in this competition, but just, I ask everyone else for their opinions of like how I should live my life and the next step that I would, I should take. And I don't do that as much anymore. That's a really big um, shift. I would say. Got it. And so were you really competitive back then? Oh, I still am competitive. It's a, <laughs> it can, it's a, it's a great thing. And it's a detriment to me sometimes. Um, 
Oh yeah. Are you competitive? Oh yeah. I'm definitely competitive. I'm just <laughs> picturing like I'm picturing entering and winning like Miss Kentucky and that everyone wants that crown. <laughs> like I imagine everyone has like dieted and done their uh-huh. eyebrows and their hair and their outfits and practice speeches. Uh-huh. And it's like, so everyone wants it. Uh-huh. And, and so there's just gotta be this like intensity around it all. Yeah. Um, because it can be literally a game changer in terms of career and lifestyle and everything else. Yes. Right? And it really was for me. And that's why I wanted it so badly. And, um, in the state of Kentucky, you work for the Department of Agriculture. So they like pay a year's salary and you speak to schools um, all day, every day. I would wake up at like 3.30 in the morning to be able to exercise and then um, out the door to schools. And sometimes I would speak to seven schools in a day of really young, impressionable kids. And I got to speak at the House and the Senate and like help autism awareness was my platform, help get this autism insurance reform bill passed. It, It really opens up amazing doors. A lot of people think it's a title and a figurehead and like a beauty thing. And it's not a beauty thing, really. It's a lot more than a beauty thing. So I really wanted it. And and I knew I would do a really amazing job at it. And I did. And um, but yes, to answer your question. Yeah, everyone wanted it. It's not it's so much more than the crown. Everyone wanted that title. And then like I clung to that title for a dear life after that year of my life was over and every other title that I was trying to grab towards after that. We've all seen the headlines in the news of how someone lost their life in an act of cold-blooded murder. And while it's sad and grabs your attention, most people go on with their day without giving it another thought. But have you ever stopped to think about the life of the person at the center of the news story? They were more than just a headline or a statistic. They were someone's loved one or friend. I'm Mike Morford, and my podcast, The Murder of My Family, dives into some of those stories to help listeners get to know the person who was lost and how their death affected those closest to them. Listen to The Murder of My Family everywhere you listen to podcasts. There are well over 100 episodes to binge on now. For a lot of people, I, I almost think like winning that is like winning a gold medal in terms of oh like. Oh my gosh, or, how sweet of you to say. Thank you. It's a sport. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a sport, but then there's also a platform and a responsibility. But it's like for a lot of athletes, they go into a depression after winning a gold medal. After you won, did you then, or is it such a high and then you start really crashing down? Or did oh, yeah. you just keep going? Mm-hmm. So, um, 100%, and that's a perfect description of it. It's, um, because it, it became my identity because to win something like that, you really do have to immerse yourself into, you have to become that thing. And I became that thing. And then I like forgot who I was without the thing. So then I thought, okay, I'll replace this title with the next title. So, um, Miss America was the next thing. And I was a, a runner up. I didn't win. Um, but then two weeks later, I got this, this call about the amazing race. And I was like, this is it. Like, this is my next thing. So I just kept trying to replace like one title and like big thing that I could be known for um, with another one and with another one. And I got so tangled up in those things that I just, I totally forgot who I was and got mixed up in a hundred different things and really isolated myself because I didn't think anybody would want to be around me. If all those things that looking back now, they were just things I did. Like they had nothing to do with the person that I was, you know? Mm. Why, why, why do you, when you say you wanted to be known, what did you want to be known for? 
well, you know, as different things at different times. So when I was Miss Kentucky, I really took on this position as a role model. And I wanted people to know me as the good girl, as, you know, in, inspiring youth and, and all of these good things. Then once I started doing the amazing race, I, I wanted to be known as a great, you know, athlete and prepper and adventurer and like TV personality and as a winner, um, you know, because it's a contest. You, if, if people listening to this haven't seen the show, it's you te- 12 teams of two race around the world doing challenges for a million dollars. If you win, you win a million dollars. And my dad was my partner. And we did these amazing things that just like stacked up more moments and more moments of these, what I call like hero moments. And I, um, I, I just wanted to be known as this, then this adventurous, like, uh, racer. And, and, um, I did two seasons of that. And then I ended up doing the third one, like down the road, but we barely lost the show two times. And, um, we lost by a minute and 30 seconds this all-star season because we got in a, in a bad taxi. We made it around the whole world and we get in this taxi and um, the taxi driver got lost for two hours. But it's, uh, it was probably the best thing that ever happened to me because I didn't need to win a million dollars at that point in time in my life. So, yeah. Why do you say that? So in the kind of mix, this, was, this went on for, so I did Miss America in 2010. The Amazing Race in 2011. The next one, I think, aired in 2012. And that's when I started um, going down a negative path in that, like, success cycle. And I started really feeling like um, I had to achieve more and more and more and more to such a level that I wasn't sleeping anymore. I never said no to people. I would do I would do anything. Just I was just trying to grasp onto just any semblance of like a new title and a new like success story. And you know, I had um, a couple of doctors prescribe me some medication that I just really went down a rabbit hole with it, to stay really high up during the day and then to sleep at night. And it kind of got out of control during that point in time in my life. And what's really wild about it looking back now is, um, it got super out of control to where like, it was kind of going to be the life or death thing for me. It was like, if you continue this behavior, kind of like, you know, in your story, it's like, if you continue this, it's, Mm -hmm. it's over. You're going to, you're going to die. I was such an overachiever and people pleaser. But even when someone said that to me, a a medical professional, I thought, you know, maybe this is, maybe that's, fine. Like maybe, um, I would Mm. rather go out achieving and being a success than going out being a vulnerable, like person that crashed and burned and thank goodness, like that didn't happen. And someone stepped in for me and I got professional help and it transformed my life in a enormous way. But, um, that's why it would have been bad for me to, if I, if I'd won that money, there's, there's no way I'd be talking to you today because I was in a cycle, Mm. you know? And more, more, more money, yeah. more problems. Right. Like, it's almost like your, your previous brand would have been living successfully where now it's about it, living full. Well, there you go. You just wrapped me up in a nutshell and I'm going to use that. <laughs> that's, that's a, that's an amazing way to describe it. Yes. Um, because success 
it doesn't have to be something big and shiny and like hero. I, I lived a lifetime of those moments. And then after I got on the other side of, you know, sobriety and like getting substances out of the way, you and I both know that's the first piece of, of so mm. many pieces. And it's, uh, it's something that led me to this realization that this, if we can find joy in the everyday and if we cannot get all mixed up in our heads thinking that these hero moments are where we're going to find joy and fulfillment and figure out who we are, we can really figure out our lives. And it took me like a spiral out of control and, and um, a really bad bout with substances and all of this stuff to realize that. But a lot of the people that listen to my content and listen to my podcast and stuff, they're just normal, everyday people living normal lives that, um, that have gotten a little bit numb to life. And they feel like, is this all there is? I just feel okay. They think kind of the absence of bad in their life is a qualifier for good in their life. Mm. And that's the people I think that I, I speak to today. And that's the, you're right. Living successfully led me down this kind of crazy path to living fully. And it's like my mission to teach people through what I learned in a, in a kind of a, a different type of situation. Um, but it applies to everyone. Mm-hmm. Did you find when you were going down, were you more into uppers, downers, garbage can? Did it no, matter? I, it was, I was such like a wanting to be a good, good girl in my head that I was like, as long as the doctor is prescribing them to me, I'm still good. I'm not doing anything bad. But my God, Mike, I was taking, so mine were like, I was, Adderall was what I was taking during the day and then like sleeping pills was my nighttime thing. But I thought, well, it's not this or this, so I'm fine. <laughs> like, but the amount right. that I was taking, it was qualifying as a street it's, drug <laughs> for sure. Yeah, it's it's pretty funny. Like even back when I was doing um, meth, uh-huh. right? I was doing crystal meth and I would snort it and I would mm-hmm. smoke it. And I was like, but I'm not injecting yeah, so it's it. <laughs> so like, I'm not like one of them. Isn't it, isn't it wild right. how we will justify like our minds? Yeah. It's such a trip. And I'm so glad you made a decision to get clean. Yeah. And, and, and did you kind of, when you made that decision to get clean, was it kind of a voice that was always existing in you? So it was a bit easier or was it more of a shock? Like, what do you mean I'm a mess? Or Oh, it was like a, what do you mean? I'm a, I knew that I was a mess. I knew there was something wrong in my life. But so the funny thing too about me is that I didn't drink a drop or like you, nothing in my entire life until like, I think I was a senior in college. I went to a wild party school and I was the person that didn't drink. It wasn't even a part of my life. And, but once I started kind of all of that, it, it it automatically kind of started being like, oh man, like this, this just makes me feel so much better. And this, and so, yeah, cause when, when I first like realized, oh my gosh, like we've got to get this under control. It was kind of someone on the outside saying you, we've got to get this under control because I wasn't myself anymore. I was, I was like going into psychosis and I just, I couldn't be, I was so edgy and irritable around my family and I'm a really kind person. And like, I, my family was always like, you've always been such a joy to be around. And now you're like a tyrant, you know, it's, um, so I I always wanted to have that qualifier that made me not like everyone else that had issues with all of these things. But 
I was just like everybody else that had issues with all of these things. And that's something that I learned about myself in the process of, of freeing myself of all of that. Um, and it was just like, it was a title that I didn't want. <laughs> I wanted all these titles on my life that then I didn't want to hand, I didn't want to be handed the title of like addict. I was like, no, 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 that one does not fit the roster. Let's just take care of this and get it kind of out of the way. And like, let me continue on my path to success, but it changed my life's trajectory in like such an amazing way. I'm so grateful that I went through that. Um, Yeah. It's almost like, um, it's almost like our issues once they're out there, they allow us to, to be like, um, it's almost like that that it allows us to be imperfect, which makes us feel better because we're not expected to be a certain type of way. And I imagine, especially coming from like, you know, being Miss Kentucky and um, where so much of it is really about perfection and like the perfect authenticity, the perfect look, yeah, the perfect speech. And then you go on the amazing race which really is about like, you know, challenge and winning and, you know, the court of public opinion Mm -hmm. watching and going, do we like this person? Do we not? They only get sound bites of you, but from those sound bites, sound bites to get to determine how much they like you or they love you or don't love you or whatever it is. And then you get to kind of expose or share that you struggled. And it's almost you know, I was I was doing some research and, and I've been following you for some time. And it looks like whenever you started doing that, you actually attracted the type of people who you want Abs- following you. Absolutely. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's funny because uh, and I was writing like in the beginning of my, of my book, I, I'm writing this book that will come out next year. And, you know, we know a lot of the same people on these book teams and stuff like that. And I was writing this story and I said, you know, I wonder if people will will grab this book and be like, is that the person that I saw on Instagram? And I'm like, here's why like I'm writing a book and why I share this type of content is a like I've been through the stories and I've learned the thing I transformed. my. I've lived two totally radically different lives. And so it's sharing the story of that. But also people are looking to lifestyle content for joy, happiness, fulfillment and um, to enhance their lives. They're looking for the dang Nordstrom sale and for the bronzer, like we just talked about, and for the for all of those things. And when they go to that person that's got those squares of the things that they think, this is the answer. This is going to make my husband love me. It's going to make me a better mom. It's going to make me a better you know, person at my job. And then that person is talking on an Instagram story and saying, Now, remember, I know I shared this beautiful Gucci person, this peach cobbler recipe that you loved, but let me remind you of what happened in my life that brought me to this place of joy. And it was not getting the peach cobbler recipe or being able to get the Gucci purse. It was that this thing happened to me. And when I started talking about that, it was like a wildfire. And it was so funny. And you talk about freedom a lot, like this freedom and and it, it, that's what it was. It was a freedom um, that I felt like I'll share this and I hope it's received well. But it's like, that's when I found my voice. And that's when my following got behind me in a way that I was like, this is actually what I'm meant to do. But I'll mm. still share the cobbler and the Gucci purse. But like, this is <laughs> going to be my long term play. <laughs> 
So when people, let, let me ask you, that's just me also plugging Dupree Miller because I love them. So whenever <laughs> I love someone, whenever I love people, even like when unnecessary, I try to plug them because, you know, this is what I've learned. This is what I've learned. <laughs> we all feel really good. Yeah, how many times in our life do we we look at moments and we're like, God, they never even said, they never talk about me or they never make me glow. Like, we all have it to some degree. Yeah. We all want to feel seen and heard oh, yeah. and appreciated. And and so I try to I try to do my best to like do it as much as I can because I know how good it feels. Yeah. It's almost like an incredible hug. <laughs> like an you incredible hug. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's so true though. Yeah. Cause and, who are we without those people, you know? Yeah. And living fully. So so I've been watching your YouTube videos and I talked to you in advance that, that at some point we need to do a, a video together where yeah. we're like sharing our favorite products because it would be hysterical <laughs> and a lot of fun. And um, and also just the podcast in general is about living your life to your fullest. Mm -hmm. Is that yeah. in all aspects? In all aspects. And we talk about everything. And I'm, I'm so excited to have you on um, in October, hopefully, fingers crossed. Yes. So um, – we talk about all different things from topics around motherhood to brushing things under the rug to am I on the right life path to choosing your own life and doing your own deciding about what's going to make you happy so that you are not some 20 year old that's like, do I like this person? Do I not like, and then they propose to you and then like you get married, like things just, you know, those things that just happen. We, we talk about everything. And then I've had, I've had amazing guests on. I've had, I just had Gabrielle Bernstein that I think you're having on soon. Yeah. Um, I love Gabrielle. Oh, she's like one of my like heroes. You're one of my heroes, but she's also just like one of my, she's just a light like in the world. Mm -hmm. Love her. I had Catherine Schwarzenegger on with that amazing get to forgiveness book. Like, I think we've got kind of some of the same people and I get to have these great conversations about things that other people specialize in, but it's all about like living your life to the fullest. Like, figuring out who you are on the, on the inside, living with your feet on the ground, not being attached, like attachments. I was so attached, like at that time in my life to people viewing me as a success to, to the way that I looked to topping my last thing that I, a, I almost lost my life physically to it, but I told, I lost my soul. I lost my spirit. Like these, we talk a lot about that, like not being attached to titles and appearance and, your role as a mother and like how other people per perceive you, of course, like you want to be attached to that, but, but not that being your, the only thing. So how do you, let me ask you. So, so what have you learned is the best way to learn how to not be attached? Well, for, first off, and it's something that you actually say, you talk about, I always say like, you have to ride the waves of life and not try, and you have to really like kind of surrender. You always talk about like, reinventing yourself and, um, like surrendering to like the universe or to God or whatever. I had such a tight grip on my life back then of like planning it out. This is how it's going to go. And if it doesn't go like this, then it's bad. Mm. And, um, that's something that I've learned. And I think especially people my age or in their twenties, like thirties, young people, they think that they just have to have it all figured out. And now in the world of social media, if you don't have it figured out, now you see the hero moments of other people that look like they do have it figured out in the squares. 
I just think it adds a whole nother level of pressure. And I think a lot of people just freeze and a lot of people go on cruise control and a lot of people will live 10 years in a life that they are like frozen in and they don't pick up their life and like choose it and say, I'm going to go through the hard stuff. I'm going to choose the job. I'm going to choose the person. I'm going to figure out like who I really am because, um, because they think they can never achieve what they're seeing other people achieve. And then they don't even mm. try. Um, and so that's something that I really connect to that you say, because I think if we figure out like what brings us joy in the day to day and what um, makes us happy, then no matter what role we're playing, whether it's in our family or in a job, like we can have a happy life and we can have a full life and we can, give to and like love other people, which also like adds to having a full life. And, um, that's what I've learned. And I've ridden a lot of waves in my life and I've reinvented myself so many times. And, but that's all from surrender because if you, if you get so deadlocked on something and that's not to say like you, you don't have a goal or something, but if you get so deadlocked on this image of what you want to become or the thing that you want to do, it just, it's a waste of a life. Um, it's a waste of happiness of, of a full life, I think. Yeah. I just, um, I tweeted out yesterday. I said, um, uh, uh, looking for other people's approval is a way to stay inauthentic. Amen to that. <laughs> you know, it's like. <laughs> Amen to that. It's just, it's, um, it's, it's, it's just so interesting that, the, and when we really define it and we think about all these other people or other people's opinions, even in day-to-day -day life in our neighborhood, it doesn't mean someone even has to be on social media. Yeah. Just all of these ideas of what we should be, you know, it really strips away who we really are. And then we just end up feeling a bit empty and crusty and, and, and miss out on moments of how magical life really is. Yeah, you it's, know? Oh, that's so, you just said it in the perfect way. Um, it's so true though. And I always say that to people like, cause right now it's just, it's a tough go right now on social media. Everybody, it's really cancely and it's really, there's a lot of hate being just flung around. It really, it can ruin a day for me. It can really affect me. And it's not even, but it's not even that um, if you're in a space of social media, you're so right. It's like, does the child, just the mom at my child's school, like she's looked at me wrong. Like, is she, what is she thinking? And then that can like, then you create this story in your head about something that like didn't even happen. And it steals your joy. It steals like the joy that you could share between you and your child. It makes you super nervous every time you're going to the school that the mom's going to be at. It just, it adds so much unnecessary pressure. You're, you're so right. Like approval is just, oh, I used to be it just, uh, that used to be all I ever sought. And now it's every once in a while, I can see when I fall into it again, but I'm pretty free of it. Um, more so than I used to be. How, how sure. into the, how into the concept is your husband? Into the concept. Oh, my, hu my husband and men in general, I think are just a lot more free of it naturally than women. <laughs> um, so He's pretty like he's been a people pleaser before. He's also like done all of his own work. We have a really amazing, beautiful relationship, but it's because we were like a rock bottom together. Mm. And I used to like in my perfect years, my years of being a perfectionist, I would think like those people that break up all the time, that's not meant to be. And like, you don't fight when you're in a really happy, good relationship. I mean, I was just clueless because this amazing, um, 
relationship, it's like a soul connection was birthed from a rock bottom and like reaching that together. And so he's done his own work and he's got great therapists and everything, but he, he was a people pleaser. Maybe at one point in time, he owned a really big business and, um, people pleasing, I think goes hand in hand when you're a business owner and you're wanting to do well and you've created it from the ground up by yourself. But now he's like, haters, haters are a way to know you've made it. And I'm like, well, that must really be nice to be able to hold that opinion. Right. Haters ruined my life. Like, Kyle. Well, anytime you feel like you're, anytime you're tripping out or bummed out, you can always hit me up because I've, I've been through it myself and I, I get it. And it's um, all of it's such an opportunity. Uh, you know, like I'll even when I'm let's say someone's giving me hate or what have you, I'll be like, ooh, well, that's how I can feel what it's like to be a kid in school. Like, yeah, I always <laughs> try to flip it. Because the worst, the thing that sucks is when you give power away to people, places, or things that A, you can't control, and B, you don't even want to give it energy, but you can't stop and you keep giving it energy. Yeah. And it's a cycle. So um, um, anytime you need a, a sounding board, and I know that you said you would, uh, before this, so I'm putting you to it, you're going to show up at our Tuesday empowerment group. Uh, Mallory yes. Irvin's going to show up. So if you guys haven't joined, you go to coachmikebear.com backslash group or just coachmikebear.com you enter your email every week it's free tuesdays Amazing. at 5 p.m it's a really good group and a community of people and you also want to check out uh mallory's podcast which is it living fully or live fully it's living fully um by, by mallory Irvin and i um some of my brand we use live fully but it's really like we want to say we call it living fully because like all of my guests and me it's it's very much like an action like we are living we're figuring it out together so it's uh it's living fully and that's what we're trying to do over there you are and uh that's why i had you on always evolving on this well, podcast i really appreciate you coming you. on um and if you guys want to follow, which you should, I'm giving you a should <laughs> statement. It's not the should police, but you should. You go to <laughs> MalloryIrvin.com, also listen to her podcast, check out her YouTube channel because it's hysterical and you can see her husband in the videos with her. And I laugh at their dynamic <gasps> because he's like, you know, holding the camera while she's in the kitchen. Uh -huh. Sometimes she's like, I'm cooking chickens. She had the, the, one of the videos, I say, this is the pot <laughs> I use to cook chickens. And I'm like... <laughs> Like I'm a, I white meat. I'm like, is she putting the whole chicken in this? I'm like, wow. Sometimes. This is... Sometimes. <laughs> yeah, no, I love it. So thanks for coming on Always Evolving. I appreciate Thank it. Thank you so much, Mike. This was a real honor. And you're just, like I said, um, before we started this podcast, you're such a light in this space and in so many ways. So thank you. I'm just happy to be able to talk to your community today and to talk to you. So thank you. Thank you. And if you guys liked today's podcast make sure to click to subscribe you can also rate it which is always nice be nice but you can be honest too and i'll look forward to talking to you guys soon stay safe and keep it magical